Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we talk cute creatures and do some trivia. We also dive into one of our favorite shows one more time. It's time for a top 10 turf war. Ivana, you had a really cool idea for a uh, top three turf war this week because you watched the Mitchells versus the Machines. That's it. Such a good movie. Thank you for that recommendation. Honestly, that movie is, it's just so heartwarming. There's so much laughs in it. And I love all the things. I love, I love the pug. He is just the best thing about that movie. The whole thing. The movie's fantastic. I really love this studio. I love the things that they're putting out. Even Blake liked it. This is a fantastic movie. It, it's a hard movie not to like. Yeah. It, it, you, part of it is the animation. It's so cool because it's like half 2D, half 3D. Somehow also reminds me of like... Um, stop motion animation. I don't even know what it is. It looks really good, whatever it is. On top of like meme culture and things from our world get slapped on top. Oh, yeah. I love that part of it, too, because it's kind of like reverse or not reverse. It's like actual. Never mind. <laughs> it's it's reminding you that these people exist in a world. Yeah, it felt very much like our world. I the The movie's fantastic. So the top three turf war is what are the top three animals or like creature sidekicks in film? And as always, I, I took probably a different meaning to this animal sidekick than you did. Ivana, what is your thought? Like, what was your criteria when you were putting together your top three? Well, I was really inspired by the pug from Mitchell's versus the machines. And so I thought... I wanted it to be a cute creature, maybe didn't speak too much, um, and and supports the main characters along. That was kind of my my thinking. That was uh, that was mine too. I, I I didn't want it to be too much of a of a character. I did want it to play important plot points. Uh, I didn't necessarily want it to like be speaking so much like. It could have its own little language, I guess, but not really, you know, anything that uh, it's not talking to me in any real English. Yes. M- yeah. Mine aren't. Mine aren't anyways. And uh, they they also help to move the story. Yeah. 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 But it's not about them. So I'm sorry. Scooby-Doo is not on my list. That is a you are not a side character. You are the name of the movie. I, I cheated in one way in that one. Well, I'm excited to hear your cheat and I will I will fight you toe to toe. But I do have also like a fun list of honorables after we're done. So why don't we start with your number three? My number three is my cheat kind. Well, I guess maybe I cheated multiple times. Um, oh, wow. It, it's Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. And see, I, and that to me is a full on cheat. Because the movie doesn't happen without that title character. That is not really a sidekick. That is the star. I know. But Stitch is also such a sidekick to that family. And didn't have the whole language thing, right? Like Stitch is still kind of like very much an animal. Um, And so, yeah, that was definitely a bit of... Look, I think maybe the whole like the plot doesn't happen without the side character. I fully cheated on that. But I did think about it. But Stitch is just so cute and and one of my favorite characters. And so I had to have it on the list. Well, I really enjoy Stitch. And I like that film. And, I, you know, Ohana means family. I love that. Uh, I, I didn't love Lilo and Stitch the way that so many people did. I definitely thought it was an important uh, animated film. Because, like, before Moana, we didn't really have a Polynesian, a Hawaiian look at any animation really it was just kind of a place where surf movies happened is i mean isn't is lilo and stitch not representative no i think it is that's what i mean i think it's an important part Ah, of the animated culture um but that film didn't 
do it for me. Uh, except that he's adorable and I like the way he like sort of wrecks everything. I love the way he wrecks everything. He's uh he's a sidekick given you know, like full top billing and, and the antics are, are fun and you know what? It's also a Disney movie that's not like about a traditional princess. It's set in some ways in more of a real world. I I just I think Stitch is great and also so cute and reminds me of Boston Terriers. Of Boston Terriers. Oh, okay. Yes. Fair yeah, enough. Definitely. Fair enough. There it is. <laughs> it's that's it right there. That's I it mean, right there. I mean, I'm hoping that I don't I mean, we'll get there, but I'll be really upset if there's one more of these the movie's main character, I because I think I know where you're going with your other one, and I I I will shoot it down, but it's fine. <laughs> Let's start with the most iconic sidekick animal of all time in a movie. Period. End of story. And that is Toto from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, good. I'm glad Toto made it on your list. I th- that's on my honorable mentions. Look. I'm not going to say that Toto is like my absolute favorite sidekick of all time, but that movie one does not happen without Toto. Toto gets totally threatened by the Wicked Witch. You totally. are, you want Toto to live. Like, how dare you take this dog? He He's the original sidekick. You're totally right. Absolutely. And, and not to mention like, the Wizard of Oz doesn't happen without Toto. Like somewhere over the rainbow, she's holding Toto. She's she wants to get away from her neighbor, who is totally the Wicked Witch, and ooh, she wouldn't have the dreamscape of you were there and you were there. I mean, it all happens because Toto's an asshole of a dog who goes over and messes with the neighbor. And but we root for that dog, man. Like Toto could be an ass. Because he's going to protect Dorothy and her friends, and it's going to be great. Um, and The Wizard of Oz is just, like, when I'm thinking of sidekicks, it's sh- shockingly the first thing that came to mind was, like, it's Toto. I I had the thoughts about Toto as well. For me, the reason why Toto just made it to honorable mentions was the fact that Toto's more real than like Stitch is as a sidekick. And I guess in my head, I was thinking about Doug the pug and like, I was just thinking of that cute little creature and Toto's like just a little too real. And so that, but I'm happy. I'm happy Toto's on the list because they can't all be Pascal from Tangled looking (laughs) absolutely adorable in his lizardy ways. It can't all be that. Is that going to be number two? Uh, no, that would uh, I didn't even put Pascal on because Pascal's adorable, but he he's not even on my list. <laughs> all right, what's your number two? Uh, my number two should follow all the rules. Uh, it is Abu from Aladdin. Hey, my number two is Abu from Aladdin, hey. and I I'm with you a hundred percent. Abu is a great sidekick. Great sidekick. He is cute. He helps Aladdin in so many ways. They're like two peas in a pod, foils for one another. I I just love him. I also like feel so bad when Abu is when when Aladdin picks up Abu and Abu's freezing and he's trying to save his life and man, you just really care about Abu in in such huge terms and i i he's there for aladdin he's aladdin's only friend you sort of can understand him even though he doesn't have his real language but he's he's so well animated that you know exactly what abu wants and what he's thinking totally and yeah he he speaks just close enough to english that you're like kind of get it (laughs) and you know what like i'll i'm talking specifically about monkey abu because when he turns into Elephant Abu, he has so less personality for some reason. He is the best as Monkey Abu. 100%. When I'm in my head, I only see Monkey Abu. I only see Monkey too. Like a little thieving monkey who also has like a heart of gold, giving the little the kids what he stole. And it's like here. And then he plays with them with his little fez hat. He's so cute. I like it. I like that Abu is both of our number two, which means we're already at number one. And that is your go. All right. You're going to get mad at me again. 
Yep. Oh, I I already know what it's going to be. What Go do you ahead. think it's going to be? I think it's going to be from Big Hero 6. No. And it's going to be Big Marshmallow. No. Uh, what is his name? Bayamax. Bayamax. No, Bayamax is not a sidekick. Uh, he's he's a lead character. And uh, so, no, not Bayamax. All right. Well, that was where I was thinking. So maybe I'm not going to be mad at all. But you are going to be mad because he's the title of the movie. Oh, for God's sakes, again. It's Pikachu from Detective Pikachu. Oh, my, see, not a sidekick. That's his movie. That is his movie. He's not the sidekick. He's helping to solve the thing. He and, is absolutely but the you sidekick. Can, you He's can choose. not even like a real no, fully it is formed his movie, character. 100%. He it's is his, such a He's the title character. He's the title character. I would say you can choose Pikachu from Pokemon the first movie. When he doesn't speak English, when he's not trying to solve the crime, when he's not Ryan Reynolds, he can be that Pikachu because he's still got a big personality. Oh, well, that's the Pikachu. I guess I. That's not the Pikachu you're talking about. You're thinking of the Ryan Reynolds Pikachu. No, no, I don't mean the like fully talking. I mean like Pikachu. Like, although you're right, it's I don't know why I said Detective Pikachu because, but I think I have my movie wrong. Then okay, Pokemon the first movie with the as the animated. First movie, I'm down with that because Pikachu 100%, he's a Pokemon. The movie is about Pokemon. That's fine. Yeah. But it's more about oh, yeah. what 1997. Ash is doing. It's just called Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon, the first movie. I'm. That's an honorable mention of mine. I believe in you. Go for it, Ivana. I cried at the end of the movie. Go ahead. So truth be told... I, my brother was way more into Pokemon than I was, but I watched it and I freaking love Pikachu and I now am kind of obsessed with Pokemon because I would play Pokemon Go a lot and still, I still play this game, but so I don't remember the plot of the movie or anything, but I watched a lot of Pokemon and I watched this movie and Pikachu is just adorable and like literally I don't know what is more of a perfect sidekick than Pikachu. Yeah, totally with you. A hundred percent. When I think about Pikachu and I think about the movies that affected me, Pokemon, the first movie when Ash at the end spoilers for a movie from 1997, (laughs) this big thing happens and Ash dies at the end of the movie and Pikachu hobbles over. I am dead. I'm just, I am dead. And I cried and I tell people like when they ask if I cried in a movie, I'm like, guys, I cried at the Pokemon movie. Like I cry in movies all the time. And this is, I totally agree. Pikachu's got such big personality for somebody who only says Pikachu. Yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But my number one is going to challenge one, how you feel about sidekicks and two, Try and think of this movie. I'm talking about Jinxie the cat from Meet the Parents. Think about how that movie changes if Jinxie the toilet train cat is taken out of that movie. Now you don't have Ben Stiller milking a cat. You don't have him spray painting the tail of some other imposter cat. You don't have the hilariousness of him yelling at at the cat to get out of his room. The cat pops up in all kinds of crazy ways. I think Jinxie the cat for what he does to elevate meet the parents into the, the classic comedy we have is the perfect sidekick. Let me ask you a question. Who is his like other side? Oh, Robert De Niro. Who is obsessed with that cat? Okay, okay, yeah, I, you know, I, I accept this argument, but what about the fact when he ruins the dress? Like Robert De Niro didn't want that to happen because that was not Jinxie, that was the imposter cat, and they had found Jinxie, and Robert De Niro basically tears <laughs> Ben Stiller apart because he's like, you tried to, you tried to pass off an imposter, Jinxie. The neighbor brought home Jixie. This is Jixie. <laughs> okay, okay. I like it. You know what? Good, good sidekick. Good sidekick. <laughs> I think Jinxie the cat totally works. 
He's a fun sidekick uh, to to the hilarious Robert De Niro in Meet the Parents, which is, in my opinion, De Niro's funniest movie. Funniest. And he's he's so good in it. His comedic timing in it is just perfect. I have nipples. Could you milk me? Amazing. <laughs> it's like, ah, just amazing. Like even uh, just his ability to say that as seriously as he does. I know. Like, wow. I honestly, I so I never would have thought about this, but I've watched the movie recently. And I'm like, man, that cat is great. And I was like, I said it while we're watching it. And I was like, that cat, like, that cat is awesome. And, you know, Jack, who is Robert De Niro, his love of that cat is off the charts. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's why I'm throwing it in. Some of my honorable mentions, which we will get to, uh, maybe you would think would have been better for my number one spot. But, hey, this is my list and not yours. So this is what we're going with. <laughs> but we got to choose. We got to count this down. Yeah, we got to um, figure. I, this is going to be difficult, I feel. I, I think Abu at number one is actually not bad. Like, yeah. if we're looking through everything, I think Abu is pretty great. Abu is a very good character. He's a classic. He's Disney. You know, like, you know, the 90s 2D shit. Like, you're, you're not going to go wrong there. Plus, I guess the 2019 remake, I suppose. Yeah, I can't remember how I felt about Abu in that one. I'm totally going up the 93. So, you know, whichever sure. one, I guess, floats your boat. Um, I I like that. Abu at number one sounds great. I like the idea of Jinxie staying on the list. I like the idea of Pikachu number two. I think that is, like, one, it's, it's a perfect modern sidekick. It's a creature. It's not necessarily like a real animal, but he's absolutely like perfect. He's on his shoulder all the time. Like he is a perfect sidekick. I like, okay. I like that. But then what's number three? Because like between, I I kind of like the meet the parents one because it's funny, but accurate. Um, But then Toto is, you know. Toto is Toto though. Toto is Toto. So, and I admit Stitch is a bit of a cheat, so he's so, off. Like, Stitch is no go. No he, go. He is the star of the movie. He yeah. steals the whole movie because as the star. Yeah, so I'm fine with not having Stitch on the final list. I feel like even though Jinxie is my number one, it's it doesn't feel like it should be on, like, the top of all time. It should Like, Toto should be there. Yeah, but, like, Toto's all... Already on all these people's lists. Like, I was looking at at a few lists just for inspiration to remind myself Mm -hmm. of movies I've seen in the past. And honestly, it was like I read the same article over and over. Like, all the same people are on all these lists. And I wasn't that into any of these choices that much. Like, other than Toto, which I agree, you know, should be for historical reasons, a lot of the times I was like, really? Like, is it that great of a character, side character? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing about Meet the Parents. You are rooting so much for Greg that you start to hate Jinx. Like, you almost hate Jinxie by the end because you're like, this fucking cat causes nothing but trouble for Greg. It's so true. I love Greg. I love Greg. But at the same time, that movie would not be the same without that cat. Well, and the other thing is that you also love Robert De Niro and how much Robert De Niro loves the cat. Like in a lot of ways, I like the cat, even though I felt horrible for Greg to have to deal with that cat. I know. I know. Like it's not the, it's not the cat's fault that it's amazing at peeing on a toilet. Like that's incredible. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> Remember when he's like, oh, Jinxie must have flushed. Come on. Like, this cat is in all the funny scenes. That's true. <laughs> you know what? I really, I kind of love the idea of having Jinxie the cat from Meet the Parents. I feel like it makes it uniquely our own list. Yes. Okay, I'm good with that. Because it is my number one, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. Let's, all right, let's, uh, let's kick it off. Number three. Jinxie the cat 
from Meet the Parents. Number two, Pikachu from Pokemon, the first movie. And the number one greatest animal sidekick, in our opinion, is Abu from Aladdin. I like it. Good list. I'm almost as excited to give our honorable mentions as I was to do our top three. Go, go, go. Boy from Love and Monsters. Ooh, good one. I didn't even think about that. But yes, completely. It's not his story. He's absolutely a sidekick. How scared are you when the giant monster centipede is about to kill him? Oh Oh my my God. God, don't mess with Boy. And then when Boy shows up near the end of the film and you're like, oh my God, yes, Boy. Like... It's so good. That movie is so uh, good. That is such a great movie. Love and Monsters. Watch it. All right. Give me give me another honorable mention. We'll go one. We'll go tit for tat. Pumbaa was on my list. I don't have. I This is this is literally my list. Pumbaa was on my list because I loved him. But then he talked too much. Talks a lot. He, and he's in a movie filled with animals. So I disqualified it because he is an animal sidekick. But so are all the other. An, like I was OK. Like with it's like all of them are like. People. You know, who's to say a sidekick is a sidekick. It just can't be humanoid. Fair. All right. Obviously, I had Pikachu as well. Nice. Goose from Captain Marvel. That is the alien cat from Captain Marvel, who, yeah, is an asshole, but also he's pretty great. (laughs) He swallows the Tesseract. (laughs) And, yeah, like, real stupid that he's the one that does the thing to Nick's eye. Because earlier we're like, the last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. And it's like, you trusted a cat. Like, a space cat. Who you knew, like, was a freaking alien killer. So you're a dumbass. Pegasus from Hercules was one that I did see on a list. And I was like, yes! I don't remember... I love Hercules, but I remember Meg more than anything. And I don't really remember Pegasus. So Pegasus is basically the flying horse. And they have this like fun little like friendship that they started as kids. And then like, obviously he gets sent to earth and he becomes mortal. And then all of a sudden Pegasus arrives back later on and he like does the same thing and he's, you just got a lot of attitude for basically the transportation of the film. And oh, I kind of dig that. That's fun. And then last was Mr. Jingles in the green mile, which was the, the little mouse from the mm. green mile. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think the mouse is pretty important to the story specifically because like it, it's the thing that is the first thing saved and he brings him back to life. Uh, after the asshole, you know, real killer stomps on him and, or no, it's not who killed the mouse. The, oh my God. It wasn't, it wasn't that guy. It was the, oh my gosh. I never saw the movie. I only ever read the books. It's the crazy jailer. The, um, the, the real like psych sociopathic guard. He runs out and he steps on it. Yeah. And it's like this traumatic moment. And then he, you know, brings him back to life because the man is amazing and magic and, oh, God. Anyway, then the, the you know, the mouse lives forever. <laughs> Basically lives as long as Tom Hanks ends up living. So I, I really like Mr. Jingles from The Green Mile. So, but, but like not a lot of personality. He's just a mouse. I don't know if he counts as like a full on. Yeah, that's why he's like way down the honorable list. But I wanted to bring him up just in case, you know, hey, maybe somebody's listening and they're like, oh, yeah, the Green Mile. I should go back and watch that again or whatever. Um, But yeah, those were mine. Good, good list. I love your honorable mentions. And you you have no more. No, I was I was like very focused on which ones were going to be at my top list and, and pretty discerning. I had a hard time narrowing down my three. I'll tell you that. There's a lot of animal sidekicks in the world. <laughs> Jay, we've we've recently finished our top 10 of 2020, which means I'm back into television watching. 
And I'm a little curious, what are you watching right now? And do you have any recommendations? Oh, man. You know, that is, uh, that's a loaded question. Because I've seen like almost 20 shows that aired in 2021 for the first wow. time. Wow. So far, because I'm trying to stay so ahead of you again this year. You're like, I'm, I'm very upset because you're killing me on all, on all fronts. I've definitely watched 22 movies so far from 2021. I, I've seen maybe like 10. I'm, I'm going to crush the movies this year. I've got a plan. I have executed that plan. I am loving my execution. It's great. Um, okay. But TV shows on the other hand are different, but there's actually like, there's a lot of great shows right now. Obviously. I've gone to both the Marvel well of WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But coming back to network TV, I'm really enjoying home economics. Oh, I saw home economics because you know me in comedies. It's so good. It is. It's so funny. Like, I, I think it's the funniest show of the year so far. I would not be surprised if it ends up in my top 10 for next year. I, I can't, it's the first thing I watch as soon as I like go to the PVR. I completely agree. I love that show. I, every, so far five episodes, I've seen everyone. They're fantastic. You know, the thing I love the most about home economics, I feel like the siblings are each really relatable at, at any moment you might relate or know someone who's kind of like whatever is happening in front of you. You know what I mean? Like Funkel is a real thing. Yes. That I feel like is super I relatable. I want to be the Funkel, but I'm pretty sure I want it too bad to be the Funkel. How, who do you identify with most on this show? I mean, it's hard for me not to identify with Topher because he's a writer and kind of nerdy and middle-class you know, it's hard for me not to, although like, I think the funniest person on the show is the sarcastic wife to Tover Grace. Oh, she's so good. She's so funny. And I always think of Becky when I think of that, even though that is not Becky's personality at all in like real life, she is very sarcastic at home. And I'm like, that sort of reminds me of you. It should be like, I am not like that. I'm like, you are at home sometimes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's a good year, I think, for comedies, too, because we're we're both also watching the United States of Al. That's correct. Although you're more into that show than I am. I feel as though it's not good. It's formulaic sitcomness. The it jokes is. are not great. They're not. But every single episode I find, at least one, I love Al and two. I am like learning things and emotionally crying. The last episode, this Afghanistan man who has come to the United States, who basically turned against his own country to help the United States and like was the interpreter. And there's all these people who did that and who who haven't been invited in the States yet. And it, I don't know. It just like, I don't know anything about this stuff. And it was that part of it is different enough that I'm learning these interesting things about these refugees and these people who should have visa status. You know, that is one thing that you've really got to hand it to Chuck Lore because I know he's really started to try to go out of his way to find interesting representations to create formulaic sitcoms out of that's the only part that I think I th that sucks is like he turns all of it into formulaic sitcoms but but he's he is trying to do something interesting like be positive also not that great but I mean you have an entire group of people who are have who are gonna like identify to having to go through dialysis or having a medical disability of some sort. Like, it, I don't know. It's interesting because I think he really is trying to put that on camera. And not to mention his, his most recent show mom just wrapped up. This is about alcoholics who yeah. occasionally and often relapse. Like this is heavy stuff. 
to put in a sitcom. Yeah, like it's a really and it's it's award winning for reasons. I mean, I didn't to be honest, what's weird because I watched so many comedies. I never watched that one. But did you watch it? I didn't really watch it. No, like it. uh, I watched The Big Bang Theory. Obviously, I think everybody watched The Big Bang Theory or caught some episodes on TV. And that to me is like nowhere near what these other shows are. Yeah, I loved The Big Bang Theory in the beginning, I remember. And then by the end, I hated it. And then I just like wasn't watching Chuck Lore stuff. But now, even though I don't think it's that like I'm not that into it, it's not that funny. It's a little formulaic. Um, I really kind of respect what he's doing anyway. And I mean, I'm watching Be Positive and I am watching United States of Al. I think the United States of Al will be back. I don't know if Be Positive got renewed. I don't think it did. It may have. But hey, anyways, there's obviously a lot of things on TV that are making us at least think a little bit, if not laugh hysterically, like Home Economics does. I love that show. So good. (laughs) Welcome in. It's time for Him Possible and Her Possible Trivia. Let's meet our contestants. We are quite a little ways into season five of More Than Movies, and I feel like we have not done a single game this whole time because we've just had a lot of other things to talk about on the show. So uh, why don't we break out some trivia, Jay? What do you think about that? I love it, and I think, I think I'm going to beat you this time, Smarty Pants. Are you ready? Jay, before you go, let's remind everyone how this all works. Yes, please. Jay has 45 seconds on the clock. After Jay asks me his first question, he will start the timer. I will answer the question. He will go through the five questions in a loop until I've either gotten it right or the time and buzzer has gone off. You got it. That's right. And then we flip the table. I do it back to him. You guys, we encourage you to play along like... Call us an idiot in your head or say, ah, I didn't know that. Or, oh, it was on my tip of my tongue. But play along with us. Um, Yeah. Jay, do you want to kick it off? I do. I do. Here we go. Okay. Let's do this. Name a film that stars Christian Slater that's not true romance. Oh, God, a film. Was he in the Lost Boys? What is the national animal of China? Panda? What continent does Madagascar belong to? Africa. Who was host of The Tonight Show before Jay Leno? Oh, Dick Clark? Who has hosted SNL the most? Tom Hanks? Name a film that stars Christian Slater that's not true romance. <laughs> oh, God, I am failing at this. Um, pass. Who was host of The Tonight Show? Oh, no, <laughs> no. All right. I love that you blurted out panda. That was correct. The national animal of China is a panda bear. Woohoo! What continent does Madagascar belong to? Certainly does belong to Africa. Nicely done. Uh, And then we had. All right. The three you missed. Who was who has hosted SNL the most? I should know this. I isn't it. Why can't I? I honestly let let me ask you something else. Who has been the most regular guest on the show, even when he wasn't hosting? Bill Murray? Alec Baldwin, who has hosted 17 times, and then obviously all his guest appearances. He has hosted 17 times? 17 times. The runner-up is Steve Martin with 15. Wow. Wow. All right, let's go to a, who was the host of The Tonight Show before Jay Leno? You said Dick Clark. The answer was Johnny Carson. And is he Dick was Clark the, a real person. He is. He was a radio personality, I believe, and also <laughs> hosted. Um, he also hosted 
he had some restaurants in the U.S. And New Year's Eve with Dick Clark was his big thing. Oh, that's what I know that name from. Okay. Uh, Johnny Carson Carson. was the Tonight Show host from 1962 to 1992. Crazy long time. time. That's a long time. And then name a film that starts Christian Slater. You said The Lost Boys. I think you were reaching for Interview with a Vampire uh, or any other one of his amazing films would have been fine. Like Robin Hood. Heathers. Heathers. Uh, right. Broken yeah. Arrow, which I wouldn't say is amazing, but it in is a film moment, he was in. I just brain froze so hard. Uh, I wanted to start you off off edge, I guess. So, yeah, two out of five. Can I beat two out of five? The timer is set. All right. I hope that this one is not is okay with the 45 seconds because I'm asking you to list three things. So Okay. All right. All right. Name three movies that star Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, and Joe versus a Volcano. Which blood type is considered the universal donor? Oh, positive. What does WWW stand for in an online address? World Wide Web. What type of fish is Nemo? Clownfish. Who was the first woman to win Best Director at the Oscars in 2010? Oh my God. No, 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 Hurt Locker, no, what? No, what is your name? Oh. <laughs> you did really good. You did <laughs> you you beat me. You got three. So uh yes, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks were in Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, and Joe versus the Volcano. Um WWW does stand for World Wide Web. Uh Nemo is a clownfish. Um, you were so close with the universal donor, you said O positive. It is O negative. You would have oh. gotten it had we been able to go around. Um, and the the do you, can you think of the director name now? Oh my god, no! I for you some reason it's, it's not. I know, I know. I have multiple movies. I near dark. I've got zero dark thirty. <laughs> like what the hell? Um, <laughs> um, are you is, ready? Do I'm going to give it to you? It's coming to my brain. Yeah, hit me. Catherine Bigelow. Oh Catherine God, Bigelow. of course, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Honestly, you know when like you're like I know I know your movies. I've watched your movies, but like the names just it's just not comedy in. It was like uh, every yeah. Christian Bale movie except until the the quiz exactly. was over. Yeah, I got it. Exactly. I got it. <laughs> and I'd just like to point out, cuffs was. Uh, was given as an answer to that question today on Twitter. So I stole it for this today. And uh, <laughs> I, I laughed because growing up, my, my friend Iggy and I would watch cuffs with a K and it's a ridiculous Christian Slater movie about him trying to uh, solve the murder of his brother by becoming a police officer. But he is a slacker Actually, To be honest, Ivana, you would love this movie cuffs with a K Christian Slater. It sounds really good. He yeah. breaks the fourth wall a million times. Ooh. He's very sexy and young. Uh, you might enjoy it. This is Top Drawer TV. We watched a surprise episode one-off of one of our favorite shows from last year, Mythic Quest Everlight episode. We sure did. And it's all about the team being back in the office after the pandemic and it is their traditional Everlight tournament. Which is a, a fantasy style LARPing event where everyone in the company competes to become the champion. But little do all the employees know that Ian rigs the champions every year to give his staff something to root for. And he instructs his new partner Poppy that she will have to oversee the event and not participate. But this year... Joe and Brad are out to snuff out the fun and the hope Everlight brings forever. I love this show. 
Oh my God, I love this show. This show <laughs> is so good. This is the most silly, fun episode. So they built this whole backstory to Everlight where the darkness seeps in and they have to find a champion who pulls the sword to bring hope to to the world. And it's all about that champion at the end bringing like hope to everybody. And in the time of pandemic, it is so perfect. Like I feel like Mythic Quest just has its pulse on the world. Like their pandemic episode. I think we've talked about it on this podcast before, but they really, even if you don't watch this show, I highly recommend you just watch that pandemic episode. I rewatched it with Blake because he hadn't seen it. And before watching Everlight, because uh, that pandemic episode was technically episode 10 of season one. And Everlight was like a bonus episode 11 of season one. They're both such good episodes. Like the, and they both understand where we are in the pandemic. You know, like, especially for the states right now, things are opening up. And that's what you saw in Everlight. And a lot of the feelings we've been having about the pandemic, it's talking about like how you have to keep fighting. We all can fall into the darkness. Like, I don't know. It's just, it feels like such a warning about how easy it is to fall into what the world seems to be falling into because of the pandemic. And then at the same time, like the, the answer and the solution, it's great. And then they wrap it all up in this hilarious episode with all of the silly dynamics of the office and all these characters who we've grown to love over the first time. And we get to make Brad an even better villain for season two, like the best villain ever. In this Brad episode is just such vi- like pure villain, pure villainy. And I think Joe's going to step in there too, because it's like when she, there's a moment where Joe goes over the top and screams like die lesbian. And everyone stops and they're like, what are you doing? She's like, um, is it just die? Yeah. Like, don't be homophobic. And well, no, it was like, it was even better than that. She was like, first it was die lesbian and the entire office stops. And then she's like, die bitch. They're like, well, that's sexist. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then well, they're, she's like, just die. And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. with that. Yeah, die. <laughs> just die. And it was just like, oh, my God. And this is what I mean, again, by you. There is humor still in the world, people. It. You just have to be creative about how you write around it. If you call out the thing and have reactions from all the people you love being like, uh, it's funny. Look, <laughs> like, the reality is jokes are allowed to be about taboo subjects, but the message of the joke is the thing that's important. Like exactly. Like exactly. what is it that you're making fun of? It should but, not be. Like the, you know, it should be the problem. (laughs) Like, but the woman who shouted that was Joe and Joe was already sort of a villain in the first season, but also hilarious. I think her and Brad. Well, because now she's Brad's assistant. Exactly. And and so like she's left uh, David and, and now she's with, she's with Brad. So she's like literally in villain in training. But I think my favorite thing about her is how much she loves Ian. Oh, she just loves Ian. So like Ian could be disappointed in her and she will just like melt because she's so upset. Can I just reminisce about that time <laughs> that, I mean, I, it was, it kind of made me furious with her because she's like Kramer, like she ruined everything. But when they got into that feud with the young guy who has the vlog on Twitch, and it was, and then she was like sending him death threats through their official social media. Account. It's like you can't, you can't threaten a ten year old. Yeah, yeah. I was like, stop doing this. She's like, sure, yeah, I, I will defend you, master. It's like, oh, oh yeah. It, it was like, no, 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 like, I, like, I'm just gonna bully like to the point where they want to kill themselves. It's like, no, don't do that. It's like, are you sh- okay? I'll, I'll stop. And it's like, no, yes. like. 
Like, really, can you stop? And it's like, sure, <laughs> I'll stop. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, uh, it's and and again, then you're also joking about bullying. And it's just she's great. She's a great character. This show oh. is just filled with fantastic characters. I, I, I hope it lasts for years and years and years because it makes me so happy. I just want to say Apple TV knows how to pick comedies. Ted Absolutely. Lasso, brilliant. Can I also say I, I'm excited to see more in season two of Poppy and Ian because we got to see some of their partner dynamic a little more. And like the fact that Poppy really wanted to LARP, it was like, I can go out there. Like I can go out there. And it's like, you can't go out there. It's like fireball. And like Ian would catch it every time and whip it back at her head. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> It was just like, I am amazing. It's like, oh, you're amazing. Fireball catches it. Okay, I have a question for you because Blake asked it to me while we were watching this. Yeah. Do you think that Poppy and Ian will ever... No, don't want it. Don't need it. Never. No, thank you. Do I com- First of all, just F... Uh, t- I completely agree. Never, ever, ever <laughs> do... Should they ever get together in a romantic sense ever ever it should never be on the table it should never be a storyline I will be greatly disappointed if that happens but Blake asked do you think that this is going to happen and I gotta ask you Jay do you think this is gonna happen okay I don't think anyone has ever from the gang has ever slept with D on It's Always Sunny. Have they? Well, Dee is also... Dennis's sister. So yes. Dennis is out. But I don't think she's ever slept with Charlie or Mac. And certainly not her father, obviously. <laughs> and um, yeah, and Matt, I mean, Mac's gay. Uh... Mac's gay now. That's like 13 seasons in. <laughs> I think he, he was out, straight like, he for a really like long season time. 10. And, and everyone else knew he was gay by... Season seven, I think. Six, maybe. What I'm saying is, you know, Rob McKelney. McKelney? No, you're totally right. He's like way smarter than that. He's like way better than yeah. putting these two. And, and but I do appreciate the sex dream stuff. Uh, sure. That is hilarious. But I don't need to like, I mean, I genuinely don't know where it's going to go. If they decide to do it, it'll either be a joke or I think Rob will make us want it before it happens. Like he'll give us a big lead in of making us actually change our minds and want it. But I don't think he needs to. And I don't think he will. I think that if they don't, it becomes one of the like coolest, strongest non-romantic partnership in television history. And like that, I think would be kind of awesome to just see that flourish. Uh, It's okay for guys and girls to be friends, people, and be partners. (laughs) It's totally fine. Look, hey, Ted Lasso and Keely can be good friends and not ever be more. And they shouldn't ever be more. It really seems like Apple TV like has a bit of a theme going on there. <laughs> Joey should never have gotten with Rachel. It was adorable watching him be in love with her. And as it soon was. as he got her, we hated everything about it. So like, you know, don't do these things all the time when even though you think like, what would this be? And you know what? Blake likes Dawson. So I don't know if I'm giving Blake a say in this. <laughs> He thinks that Dawson is better than Pacey somehow. I I don't I understand. I don't this. really want to rewatch Dawson's Creek, but now I feel as though I need to force him to watch Dawson's Creek because in the cold, hard light of 2021, I don't know that you can look at Dawson Leary and say, "Yeah, he's my man." You can't. Dawson is the patriarchy who is there to stifle everyone else on the show. And he's there for himself. He's a selfish prick. Even when Pacey does the right thing, he's like, I wouldn't have done that. Of course you wouldn't, Dawson. You suck. 
You suck, Dawson. Anyway, I don't, I'm not. I'm not saying <laughs> James that Vanderbeek. Great. Look, James Vanderbeek doesn't suck. James Vanderbeek is amazing. And but Dawson, he sucks. But, but he played a character who really was a, <laughs> like the most stick in the mud character of all time. And Joey, you made the right decision. Wherever you are, Katie Holmes, I'm glad you got to make out with both of these people, though, backstage. What are we watching next week? We are going to watch uh, a David Lynch film. Um, another Clubhouse suggestion, not necessarily for this podcast, but we're going to do it for the podcast. And uh, we're going to watch Wild at Heart. And this is partly because... I'm not familiar with David Lynch, and we have been told, Jay, that we need to get familiar. I feel like I've been avoiding David Lynch for a really long time uh, because I just, I feel like I'm just not going to like him. You know, I'm, I'm the Mitchells versus the Machines. That is my jam 110%. That is not David Lynch at all. No, but... Wild at Heart is a Nicolas Cage film. Oh. So I feel like it's going to be a really good beginner to the David Lynch. Because I've tried to watch Twin Peaks and I did not understand it and very quickly dropped out. Have Were you the same? Yeah, I, I, I have never watched anything David Lynch before. Even ever at all. I'm going to look this up real quick. And while I'm looking it up, I just want to say, Blake, I love you. I'm sorry I told you you were a jerk. But also, no, no, Pacey, Blake, you is, are a jerk. Pacey is the best. You're a jerk. Also, while I'm looking this up, Joshua Jackson, would you show up on the new uh, Mighty Ducks show, for God's sakes? Like, come on, man. Like, you're not above I this. I know. He, he was up. Mighty Ducks. Just he show up, He literally was Mighty Ducks. I just really want him to show up. All the other ducks showed up. and They had to, like, <laughs> offside mention Charlie. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any David Lynch at all looking through this. Wow. So this is going to pop my cherry. I have tried with Twin Peaks and I didn't get it, but I'm excited because I'm kind of cheated in that I started this movie and then I I got called away, but I'm very excited to go back. So I'll, I'll say 20 minutes in, I, I find it very watchable. Terrific. I'm excited. So come along on a weird journey into the land of Lynch and watch Wild at Heart with us. And that's the show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next time. If you want to help to support the show, you can hop onto your favorite podcast service, subscribe and give us a rating or a review. Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check all of our show notes for more information about the music, our talented voice actors and our sound effects. Jay and I love to hear from you. So we built a website, morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us at hello at morethemovies.net. Or find us on Facebook, More The Movies Podcast. Or catch either one of us on Twitter directly. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Ivana. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again with a new episode soon. Until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. (laughs) 